Hello everybody, Nate here from the Reliving the Extreme podcast and the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network. Just wanted to start this week's episode of Reliving the Extreme, which is episode 99, by the way, so next week will be our 100th episode. A uh, little disclaimer, this week we had connection issues all over the place while we were recording the show, so just a fair warning, um, our normal really good audio will not be there this week. Uh, a lot of choppiness, uh, you'll find the show's a little disjointed but um, overall, still a good analysis of the episode of ECW that we were reviewing for this week. So let's get to the show. Um, like I said, I just wanted to come on briefly before we start to let you know about the connection issues and how this show might be a bit of a rough listen, but there's still some stuff in there definitely worth listening to. So let's get started with this week's edition of Reliving the Extreme. This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are reviewing the episode of ECW from February the 28th, 1995. Nate Maxson, your host here with you, along with my brother Aaron. Hello, everybody. And a man who was nice enough to to get on here with us to do the podcast right out of work, Chad Austin. Yep. Oh, you know how me and Shane Douglas do it? Working at Walmart. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna be hearing about it from people that have the Observer. Does anybody know that Chad Austin works at Walmart now? <laughs> Yeah, there's life after wrestling, people. Meltzer's going to be like, we heard he was working for Walmart, or it could be Target, or he may not be working. It's one of those things, but I know that's it's something. <laughs> yeah, rumor has it. Yeah. An, an, an insider tells me. Yeah, I love <laughs> and it. I know who the insider is working. He's so vague, you know. Like, William Regal's leaving AEW, or he might not be. But something's happening. <laughs> Yeah, I found I found my wrestling friend at my job tonight. Gay guy with a yeah. shirt on. Yeah, my wife just says, "Is it a gay guy with an NWO shirt on?" I said, "Yep." Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> and then he came over, and started talking to me. I, I, I never saw him wearing, and he would have had to pay for that probably. <laughs> no, nah, he would. It wasn't. But I started. We started talking about wrestling. I mentioned ECW, and then I. He's like, "What's well, you?" <laughs> and I say, "Well, you can barely see my head because it's." My throat's on nine one one's hand. <laughs> you can't see my face too clear. But that's definitely me going up and down over there. <laughs> How about you guys? Anything new with you guys? Yeah, it's it's retail. It's the holidays. Ugh, nothing. It's only gonna get worse. That old that old bag weeks. I'm working with, Miss Margaret. It, that old bag I'm working with, Miss Margaret. Man, she thinks everybody's stealing. And sooner or later, somebody's going to end up just fucking her up. She 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 chases them out, like chases them out of the store. She's seventy two or seventy four years old, and she chases them out, and she's cussing at them and yelling at them, and you know. And then as soon as they, they if they don't give you the receipt, she's like, "See, they wouldn't give me the receipt. They're definitely stealing. They're definitely stealing." Like, well, you know, they they only have like three items in their cart that aren't in a bag. <coughs> if you can just get a glimpse. Of the receipt, <laughs> you know, and see that there's three items right at the bottom. It says total items three, three. Oh, they're stealing. <laughs> they got a pineapple, a tire iron, and some Febreze. It's cool. It's fine. Yeah, everybody steals. She says everybody. Yeah, I'm. I'm never gonna try to get any get out of there with anything. These these people had two tires, like two fucking Goodyear tires on their cart, and when they when they were walking up, um. Uh, Miss Margaret was like, "Make sure you look for them tires on the receipt." Like, bro, are you kidding me? 
it's two full size like four wheel drive tires. Like, how are they gonna try to like? They're not gonna try to sneak them out. You know, I'm gonna have to tell them. Oh, excuse me, ma'am. I don't see your two Michelins on here. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I don't have an item for. I don't have 149 dollars each on here. How come your total bill was like nine dollars? I don't see no two Michelin. You don't have the Goodyear radials? Oh, see, that's your problem. <laughs> Unbelievable, you get, man. You got to get your higher quality. It's going to last you longer. Would you like the protection plan? Of course. Of course. Well, our, our, our episode of ECW that we're discussing this week starts off with uh, some recap championship wrestling. Um, where they show us <laughs> the, the 911 and Paul Loria stuff from last week. And then... Uh, of course, we get a, a Paul Loria promo with Jason. Jason's the sexiest man alive. Paul Loria's a uh, giant. A giant. <laughs> Therefore, this is this is the team of irony here. In the he's a giant, all right. Giants are brewing. Giant ham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but pretty much same stupid nonsense. Yeah, Jason says they're all. Hey, jealous. but right after this, <coughs> they're all jealous of what? Well, Jason says that they're jealous Him. of his looks and Paul Loria's height. And jealous of his grand wizard story. And then everybody oh. knows about Paul. Yeah. <laughs> or jealous. Story's going to have to get out sooner or later. You're, je you're jealous of my dirt I have on Paul Hayman. Yeah. Do you like my grand wizard story? <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, isn't this this is pretty much um, uh, the, the closing the chapter on Paul Loria, right? Because. I'm still there, and I don't remember Paul Loria after the Mikey thing, you know? Yeah, I, I think you're right, because, like, to be perfectly honest with you, I forgot the Paul Loria stuff even happened until we started watching it. He's such a small part of the history of the company <laughs> that, you know. Uh, well, yeah, sorry. The, the pun reason why pun not intended. <laughs> the, the, only, the only reason why I still remember him is because I was still there working and it was a couple times like on house shows or whatever that me and him would be, be getting 911. So it was like mm -hmm. yeah I knew he was I knew he was still around but I didn't think he was that he was still that prevalent at the arena. You know? I thought right. it was more or less doing the spots, the spot shows, you know, and anywhere near New York, you know. I figured he cuz I I didn't I didn't do a lot of them shows, the New York. I didn't do any of the New York shows. I wasn't <laughs> I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have made. I wouldn't have made enough money to cover the tolls <laughs> to get up to New York. That's. A, I was going to ask you. Other than but yeah, Paul Warrior, he's about. He's about other than the stuff with him and ECW, I know almost next to nothing about his career. Like, was that just? Did he just work like the New York, New Jersey independent scene, and then that was it, and just fade away? Or did? I yeah. mean, was he a was was he a deal down through there or no or never made anything of himself? I don't. I just don't. No, I, dude, I, the only thing I know is that him and Mikey were legitimate friends, and they kind of broke in together, and they I guess they worked each other all the time at the school. So that's why they had a built-in match. They had this, they did, did, you know, when I heard him talking about going over to match, they were just saying, like, we'll just do the same same one we always do. So they must have had, like, a, a pretty much a set match where they just tweak some spots, you know, because it's Philly, you know what I mean? Right, they got to do a little more, but yeah, apparently they they were just longtime <laughs> friends, and Paulie got him in, and it didn't hurt that he was from New York, right? Because we know how Paulie is a little biased when it comes to New York. And the and thing get, about Paul was he wasn't bad. Like yeah, I thought he was, a, he was a good worker. Well, I guess he was wasn't big enough. There's only room in that company for like three midgets. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was Mikey 
and and I think Donnie's still around, right? Yep. <laughs> He's got to be still around. We got a we got a we got another mm-hmm. midget coming up. We got another midget coming up later in the show, making his return. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, they also recap. I'm looking the, on my notes uh, to see who the hell was it. <laughs> they also get the uh, we get a recap of the Raven Richards stuff with Tommy Dreamer, and a recap of Sandman and Cactus Jack's feud. And uh, I don't have hey, a lot of this because again, the, it's on the Stevie, oh, sure. Real quick on the Stevie thing, there was a clip in the video where he super kicks a guy. And I have he's wearing black trunks, like a black singlet, and has black hair. I have no idea who that guy is. I mean, I don't know if you if you caught her. Just like very right at the beginning of the video, he super kicks this guy, and the guy's wearing a blacklet, and he's got like dark hair. And I've never I don't have knew who that guy is. And I guess you don't know that, who it is. I didn't know. I didn't even catch. I didn't even catch that. That so no, I had no idea. Dude, that was a long, long video recap of everything. I mean, they 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 didn't miss they didn't miss anything, did they? No, they you did know? everything. But I thought yeah, they, I was did, like, they went all the way back. They went all the way back to the Big Bang. It's like Jesus Christ. I was I was trying to think what song could they have possibly used that would have taken as much time as they spent on the video packages. You know what, like, what, what was, was it? it in the God of the Via. Yeah. I was about to say yeah. it had to be it had to be a Carlos <laughs> Santana guitar solo. It seems song, like yeah, that was just uh, and I was just some song by what Meat song Loaf. could that have been? It's like a meatloaf song. Meatloaf. <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. Paradise for the dashboard. Meatloaf. Life. I just the just the just the name Meatloaf. Scrapple neck. Back on the scrapple again. Scrapple neck Johnson. A legend. <laughs> then uh, what was that? Now we're getting now we're getting up to what it was it the uh, cactus and woman or um I don't know what it is I, I'm getting so confused that I, I I mean I don't even know how to write all this stuff down <laughs> it's going on like I'm trying to keep notes but it, it's just flashing clips so fast that I start to write something and it's not even there anymore and I'm like <laughs> well how do I describe I'm like hoping that one of you guys will know how to describe what the hell we're watching. Because I don't know if it's a video or, you know, what the hell is this? Because we still haven't got the opening of the show yet, right? Not yet, no, because we get, like I said, we get a, re- oh. like you said, Chad, we get a recap of all the stuff with the Sandman and Cactus Jack. Um, also with that one going back to the beginning of time. And then finally, finally, we get Joey Styles at ringside introducing us to the show. The ECW crowd is chanting, Hogan sucks. And then uh, Joey introduces yeah, even. Yeah, like loud, like everybody, everybody, let's do this. They're all together now. Hogan sucks. <laughs> and I just wonder what 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 started that to, to break that out because we never had cheerleaders. We we never needed cheerleaders in ECW. But I, I just wonder, like, like, what was before um, the, the promo, whatever, who, whoever came out, like, you know what I mean? What was going on before just to make the crowd just bu- burst out in the loud? A long Hogan hint. Like, did we have like another match with a, a Hogan lookalike or something? You know what I mean? Or something? Or just one guy just, just yelled out, Hogan sucks. And everybody agreed. And then the rest of the people just started chanting. Good Lord. Yeah, that video thing was, that video package was was long. And then, um, then the same, Jesus Christ, man. It, it was just a recap, like I said, of just every single storyline. And the fact that Paul must not a whole had a whole lot left in the can <laughs> from all the tapings, because we we only got what one match. 
think two. I don't know how many matches we got. Oh, yeah, you're right. One. Yeah, just one. I don't even have a match written. <laughs> I don't even have a match written down. <laughs> that's the, what the match was. Hang on. I'm looking at the back. Oh, that wasn't even a match. That was still a recap, though. There was a match later on in the show that was a match from earlier on in the show from last week or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a show from the arena. That was the return of the Funker. That's what all this this stuff is from. The, that show was the return of the Funker. And I'm trying to think what I, I I'm pretty sure I was nine one one on that show, but I know hundred percent that I was on. Yeah, you're actually in. <laughs> I, you're, I remember the. You're on. You're on this TV show. I am. Yep. You must. Yeah, you, you do. A, you do yeah. a run in on the bunk in the box. Oh well, that's that's different. Everybody did that, but I, I I was mixed. I had mixed emotions on the. uh Well, we'll get to it, but I just had mixed emotions on that on that finish. But here we are, finally. As soon as I, as soon as I say like on my notes, like "fuck," finally, that like we we just started talking just a couple seconds ago about the Raven interview at ringside, and then sure enough, big fat Tom, big fat Tommy Dreamer from Yonkers, New York, has to come out and stick his nose in, and 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 and, and at this point, I don't know because remember we talked about before how um that. The angle between Raven and Richards of the original storyline, but then Tommy touches on this, and you know what I mean. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. at what point did they come up with this because I I didn't hear about it till almost at the end, you know, well after Beulah had come in. That they right. didn't. I knew that going into that part that they never had an angle for they they never had a backstory. But then when I heard Tommy say that, I said that's going back pretty far, right? That's Right, like they had to have, they had to have known back then. That was pretty far. So I was kind of like a little, um, you know, mind boggled as to, you know, at what point because they because Beulah's still not even technically close to coming on yet. I don't think the debuting yet. I think she, yeah, we're still. We're, I'd say we're probably still what at least two TV tapings away. So you'd be uh, at least a couple of months. I was going to say a month or um. Yeah, you know, at least a, a a month, a month and a half worth of um what they get out of a you know show. So yeah, we're probably six, eight weeks away. I'm guessing, right? Mm-hmm. So that was that was just odd to me. Um, we definitely get a uh, interview here. Like I said, like Chad said, Dreamer Tommy Dreamer comes out um, during Raven's promo and challenges Raven, and Raven says he won't fight fight him back right now. Um. Aaron, anything on this before we get into the the next? No, it was just, it was he just won't. Raven. It was just Raven. He won't fight him back right now. Yeah, that's it's pretty much like I'm not gonna fight you back right now. Yeah, it's just Raven cutting a Raven promo. Tommy Dreamer challenging him to fight, and Raven won't fight him. And then Stevie Richards goes into some story about how he was at Planet Hollywood and he got beat up by two guys, and um. <laughs> guys beat the shit out of him, so he thinks they can beat the shit out of Tommy Dreamer and um, their former ECW tag team champions. And then he introduces uh, Tony Stetson and Johnny Hotbody. Every- and there's the midget I was talking about, Johnny Hotbody's. <laughs> yeah, because I don't remember them being there either. Yeah, the Broad Street Bullies is what they call I don't, themselves. I don't remember here. that being there either. Because I, I bet you, I bet you that the reason why I don't remember him is because I, I'm saying that they probably didn't talk to me. 
you know, because I had beaten both of them. And after I beaten both of them, they were gone. <laughs> so they probably saw me in the locker room and were like, fuck, he's still here? Yeah, move the, go, go the other way. You know this mean? guy's like, a curse. We definitely ain't getting our jobs back. Yeah, we definitely ain't getting our jobs Chad Austin. And, and, and they're probably both saying, they're probably saying that if they do give us another another like night to work, it'll probably be again losing to Chad Austin. So that's when they decided to hit hit the hills. And there's a lot of denim in this situation. Like everybody's wearing denim jackets, denim shorts, denim shirts. It's a like somebody had denim shoes. Yeah, denim debacle. Denim shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Is that going to be the name of the show? (laughs) I didn't realize denim was that big in 1995. Chris Benoit brought it back. Here, here I was denim 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 dam promo. Yeah, I was um I was still checking out the fanny packs. Those are probably denim too. I'm thinking about bringing them back. By the way, what do you think about that? An airbrushed denim fanny pack. Will, will you guys will you guys join with me? Probably Let's not. bring back the fanny pack. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on my Christmas wish list. Actually, I probably I probably have one <laughs> from from the '90s. Still, it's probably in my wrestling suitcase. Yeah, I'm gonna get me a, a fanny pack. I'm gonna look like I'm gonna look like a million bucks walking around Walmart. I was well, tag say, on it too. Like, you know, Miss Mar- Margaret's going to ask you to tag on their hats and stuff. Miss Margaret's going to walk around. Miss Margaret's going to ask you to every, keep every time I pass in there for her. Can you keep, keep my Brock's candy privacy. in there for you? <laughs> <laughs> my orthopedic soles. <laughs> my doctor soles inserts. Yeah. She'll, no, she'll ask me for the receipt every time I walk past her. <laughs> you got a receipt. I go, Margaret. I didn't even buy it here. <laughs> like you, you got to show her everything, man. I, I wish, I, I wish you could, I could have access to the, uh, to the microphone, just, just so I have play, play Frankenstein over the, the Walmart loudspeaker. <laughs> oh, I'd, I, I wish if I had a wish, I'd, I'd, I'd wish, I'd want to see that, right? Nine one one, just plowing through uh, Walmart, you know, self checkout. I bet you the crowd. I bet you would get a huge pop. Fucking avocados all over the place. What do you think? <laughs> oh, the teeth fly out. <laughs> oh, she, she gets she gets choke slammed out of her Velcro shoes. Her, her denim awful. Velcro shoes. Poor Miss Margaret. Those compression socks. <laughs> Those, <laughs> you um, you you choke slammed her. You choke slammed the Arthur. Arthur is it? What is it? Arthropritis, what is it? Osteo- Osteoporosis. <laughs> what did I call it? What did I try to call that? Yeah, <laughs> but that, that it wasn't what was, I was saying at first. I don't know what they're saying. Something about an otter. <laughs> Her otter and pierogies. Well, good you just, lord! You just changed Tommy the name Green. of the show. It's not denim shoes anymore. It's otter and pierogies. Yeah. <laughs> so good job. <laughs> Sounds like a great a great buddy cop movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> otter and pierogies. Coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Coming soon. Burt Re- Reynolds. <laughs> Burt Reynolds and Jonathan Taylor Thomas in Otter and Pierogi. <laughs> the short hair man. The other one's a Pollock. Otters and Pierogi. <laughs> also starring Margaret. <laughs> the debut of Margaret. I bet she, I bet she would have been good in like Cannonball Run. <laughs> like Margaret in the Sally Fields role. <laughs> There's Burt Reynolds flying down a highway in a Trans Am with a top down. It's just him and Margaret. Or Margaret can oh. play that old Margaret can play that old lady cop in Police Academy. Never saw it. 
don't know. Yeah, that's, those are good movies. Well, the first three. Yes, I. After. I, no, I've never seen any of them. I never. I. I just, they just never, never did it for me. I guess too much. Too much fluff. <laughs> too much Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, and and the dude who makes the noises with his mouth, and he's oh, not yeah. even the biz. Ah, can't remember. Michael Winslow. Marlo that's his Trump. name. I actually saw that guy do comedy before, and he, most of his act is just him doing fucking sounds with his voice. So you like, saw him try to do <laughs> You didn't yeah. see him do comedy. You saw him try to do comedy. It's like you you suck like Carrot Top, and you don't even have props. Yeah. You're Black Jeff, you're Black Jeff Dunham. Get off the stage. Black Jeff Dunham. A Black Jeff Dunham? <laughs> oh, the Black Jeff Dunham. <laughs> We, well, we, all of we clowns, got around here, all we got around here for comedians is we got the other Gallagher. <laughs> you guys, you guys ever heard of him? His brother, it's, it's supposed to be Gallagher's brother. Yeah, Gallagher. You guys too. ever heard about this guy? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like the well, Kamala he, too of wrestling, dude. He totally is, except he won't call. He has his, another name, but he does everything that Gallagher does, and even looks like him. But he just insinuates. That he's Gallagher's brother, you know, and and like, and I've been to shows with him before. But he does them at local bars and stuff, and people do get confused when they he must they must have it highlighted on, on the poster Gallagher, but it doesn't like right next to it. It says like the artist formerly known as you know, Gallagher, <laughs> and then it says brother, <laughs> you know. So it's, he still gets people to come in, and he does the same shit, man. But we've had like, we had this guy. Did you guys did you guys ever have an insurance company um where you guys live and and there's a comedian guy who he's his main um his main line is kiss my bumper? No. You guys never heard huh? No. You never heard of that guy? Kiss my bumper. <laughs> Just kiss we we had rates as low as ninety nine dollars a month. <laughs> it was for people that had a hard time getting insurance because of tickets, too many accidents, or they had this insurance company, and the guy would just be like, "Kiss my bumper, ha ha ha, just kiss it." I think I'm gonna bring that back. <laughs> I think that's what Grand Wizard told fucking Paul Heyman in the woods. <laughs> kiss my bumper? Yeah. <laughs> you sure it wasn't like kiss my buckle, <laughs> kiss my turban, kiss my he carpet? He's like tongue punch, <laughs> tongue punch my bumper. <laughs> Jesus <Christ. laughs> the bumper puncher, <laughs> Paul the bumper puncher. <laughs> that sounds like a, that sounds like a name of a Seinfeld count uh, character. Oh, you know Paul the bumper puncher. <laughs> yes, I do. He's a he's a friend of Kramer's. You never see. <laughs> yeah, Bob Sacramento. <laughs> Uh, speaking of clowns, Tony Tony Stetson and Johnny Hotbody are back here on the show, and uh, they're calling themselves the Broad Street Bullies. But during this whole segment, then now Tommy Dreamer comes out with a stop sign, and uh, essentially the the gist of this is Dreamer is fighting off Raven Stooges, and Raven refuses to fight Tommy Dreamer. Now, <laughs> yes, <laughs> he refuses to fight him now. Yeah, that's the story. And then in the end of the it's segment, in the just, end of the... It's it's basically just another way to keep the story going without having to have Raven and Dreamer, you know, touch. Right. And then and, and Raven eventually here... Eventually, 
eventually here after the distraction by his stooges, Raven does attack Dreamer, but very quickly gets out of the ring. So you don't get a lot of interaction between the two guys. So like you, Chad, like you, you were alluding to Chad, you're, you're building the heat, you know, you're making people want to have to pay to see these guys get their hands on. Yeah. Because it, it, it's great because, um, because you get you get the whole interaction where um, Dreamer's like he's not going to do it now he's not going to do it now, and then Dreamer just takes um initiative and he blindsides uh, Dreamer, and then like does a couple of things and then, you know because you know the Dreamer's not going to stay down from that so Dreamer starting to make his comeback and Raven just says goodbye, <laughs> and then you know and Dreamer's standing there all fired up and the crowd's all like wanting to see you know and it's like sorry. It ain't happened in the night. Yeah, I mean, Aaron, what it's did you pretty think? good. I mean, Raven and Dreamer. I, I think it's good. They're not, right now, they're not overusing Raven. So it's like, he's not on every week. You don't know what's going on with him. You don't know why he's mad at Tommy. Tommy doesn't really know. And it, it's like, yeah, they're doing a good job at yeah. keeping the three involved in it. Like, we're not just going to – part of it, like I said, part of it, I think, is because they don't know exactly what they are doing with it, but they're also masking that, and, like, and they're, they're doing a good job at keeping the mystery. Yeah. That's only because they're just now figuring out where they, what they want to do. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is, right? So we, we talked think, about that. Think, they didn't know where the story – Yeah, I don't think Paulie knew exactly what he had with Raven right when he got him, and – now he's got him, and he's probably talked to Scotty and got to know him a little better. Now he's like, "All right, I know what to do with this." Oh, I, but you got to—you also got to remember that you got to remember that Raven is completely behind all this. So this has this has very little to do with Paul. Actually, I think if anything really has to do with this angle that involves Paul, it's just that him and Paul have to get to straight the dates of the shows, so the angle, so the Raven can know you know, how to build the angle per show. You, you understand? Right. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm sure Raven already had the angle. Raven has the angle, He, but he just needs to go Paul to, to, to explain to him how we're going to play it out. It's going to take, it's going to take months and months and months. So I need to know, know where we're going to be at, you know, come this time, three months, you know what I mean? Where, where do you want us at? So that, that that's the way I, that's the way that it, it, it worked. Cause I, I was, I was good enough friends with Raven back then. To know how how he was, and he he was a he was a great opportunist here, seeing seeing a, a uh, what I want to say a company with him with an opportunity for him to spread his creative wings, you know, because having worked for WCW and the WWF, obviously you're working within you're working within a corporate system of some sort, so he probably had literally no power over what was going to go on with this character other than, you know, obviously back then he's cutting his own promos and stuff, but this is your character. This is your story. This is your everything with Polly. He's given that creative carte blanche to create something. That's literally a hundred percent him. Do you guys, do you guys get any or collect any of the Coliseum videos, old Coliseum videos? Yes. No, I do. I do. Do you have any, do you have any of the ones around the era when like when Scotty was doing commentary? Like is Johnny Polo yeah. when he was like, yeah, yeah he was actually really he was actually go, um, go back. Oh, sorry, and go back and and rewatch them and listen to them, re-listen to the commentary, because me and Scotty had we've had conversations about this, uh, how he would drop all these subliminal like lines in there, 
because there was nobody corporate to tell him what he could and he couldn't do. And it was pretty much just him and like Gorilla or him, whoever was doing the um the things they were allowed to say. At one point, he just started singing like a door song, like like Jordan Magic, like, oh, maybe let my fire. And he's like, dude, he used to do whatever he wanted to do in commentary because they trusted him. And I'm like, he trusted this fucking boob. <laughs> and you know, Gorilla Monsoon at this, at that point in his career, though, in 93, 94, he didn't give a shit. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> There's a match where Yoko Zuna's fighting. So it's not Davy Boy Smith, but Yoko Zuna's fighting some gobber with the first name Davy. And as Yoko's like beating the guy up, Johnny goes, Yoko, baby, stomp that Davy. Like, he says that. Uh, I not not I ain't doubting that at all. I'm like that's fucking amazing. Yeah, he's something else, dude. I, I'm just I'm just lucky enough that that I when I got to hang out with Scotty is that we had the same love and admiration for Portland wrestling. If you can find that and one being, thing you have in common, him being him working there, and then him knowing that that I'm a huge fan, I was a huge fan of it. It was never a dull moment if we were ever on in the. Or, you know, he, or we were working together. He would always like, hey, Chad, remember the angle I did with, uh, you know, somebody? And I'm like, yes. He's like, you think it will work, work up here? I said, did it work in Portland? <laughs> and he said, yeah. And I said, probably not. <laughs> but if you uh, but if you, if you put your spin on it, you probably have a better shot of it working. You don't want to, you don't want to do it the same way you did it in Portland. I could just tell you that. Put a little tweak on it there, Raven. The milk, the breakfast club. You remember that? You ever seen that? Oh, I, you never I seen that think, stuff from Portland? I don't think I have. But where the where, where the grappler and all his goofy goons will come out with shopping carts full of gallons of milk, <laughs> and they would just beat the hell out of the people. The, uh, the guys with gallons of milk. How are you getting away with any of this nonsense? Just, I mean, a full gallon just you fucking got up hitting somebody with a gallon of milk. <laughs> And he's bringing out two shopping carts full of gallons of milk. I'm gonna fuck up Miss Margaret with a gallon of milk. <laughs> That's got a gallon of milk is stolen. Oh, I'd love to anyway. <laughs> she's, she's gonna check and see if I have a receipt first. <laughs> she's gonna see me pull, pull a gallon of milk out. I'm she's gonna go stop. What? You got a receipt for that? <laughs> and then I'll show her a receipt and then give her a big cafe right across the face. <laughs> she wouldn't sell it, I'm sure. I ain't selling. I ain't selling for that kid. <laughs> fanny pack. Oh, I'm bringing it back, baby. I don't care what Jess tells you. After the Raven Dreamer segment, Joey Styles... almost got it past our wedding. Joey Styles shows the line to get into the ECW arena. Apparently, uh, you know, trying to give us the the, uh, impression that it is a turnaway crowd. Then they show footage from a match involving um, Hack Myers and Paul Luria, where a masked man comes in to attack Hack to give Paul Luria the win over. But it's a yeah. quick. Yeah, I don't know who the masked man was. I don't even know who, if we're ever going to find out. I was going to say, I don't, I must have turned my back because I don't even remember that. I, I don't, I don't even have any notes on that at all. Yeah, it was very clear. It was yeah, very clear. It, like, it was probably like a 45 second clip. It wasn't, it wasn't very I know, um, no, but, uh, but there were about nine feet from where I was, where I sit. So, I mean, it had to have been that quick for me to walk to the refrigerator to get a beer and come back and it was already over. <laughs> Good Lord. You know what's funny was at, at any point did you start keeping track of the time, like to see, like you know how all the shows usually run in about thirty seven minutes. Or so? 
like I was I was going and looking at the time how much was left. All that stuff we had yeah. from the beginning of the show to where we're at was only around like eleven minutes, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> or like thirteen minutes or so. I'm like you you crammed all that in, you know. In, in like 13 minutes of TV time. God damn, Paul. <laughs> you don't give us a you, you don't give us a chance to digest that stuff, you know, when you do it that fast. But then again, it's just all recaps anyway. It's stuff that we've already seen a month ago. You just mm-hmm. keep beating it into our head. Well then they show footage well, that's of funny, uh, that's funny now that I thought about it. <laughs> they show, they show footage of Shane Douglas defeating or defending the title against Marty Janetti. Which we was alluded to last week, and of course he retained his title. And now we get a a good promo segment with uh, Shane Douglas, Chris Benoit, and Dean Malenko talking about how the Triple Threat has all the gold in ECW. Yeah, it's like they show. Nope. Well, they, they, have, they have all the belts. They showed clips of the, like the the Mikey Whipwreck, Hack Myers, Paul Loria, Jason match, <laughs> but they show clips of that, but they don't show clips of the fucking tag team title switch. Which I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I. I know. Um, I don't know if that's because that was on. I don't know if that's because that was on a show they're going to sell on VHS. Maybe that might, that might be. You know, just a possibility because it was. Was it that double? It wasn't the double tables. Yeah. So I. I, I honestly I can't remember. Um, but I thought the promo was good. Um, and you know they're they're effective as as a three man heel group and. You have you have Douglas, who's kind of the blowhard. You have Benoit, who's like the, the sadistic guy. You have Malenko, who's the 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 quiet technical wrestler. Yeah. It was even funny. It was even funny that Shane was like, "What did you think about that, Dean?" And he turned to him, and Dean didn't like, say oh, anything. That's, yeah, like, that's exactly what I thought you. Were <laughs> that's exactly what I thought you. <laughs> and so, and, and it's just like I said. The, the or what I was going to say was. The only thing I would have did, the only thing I would have did different, is maybe have maybe have Benoit talk first. Yeah, because it's like Shane did this like, and I know you're not like the biggest fan, like whatever. Anyway, like say what you want to say about Shane, but he's a fucking hell of a promo. Like, is what he's cutting a promo about all the time the best thing that for the company or whatever they should be talking about? No, but he's a fucking hell of a promo. And then mm-hmm. you back that up with a guy that say what you want to say about him as a talent and in the ring and this, that, and the other thing wasn't known for his, you know, eloquent promos. And, and, and it kind of worked for his character, but I just think I would have had Benoit talk first and then let Shane finish it out. I agree. Cause I, I, I see what the, uh, what the, what the point you're making is you're, you're having this, this boisterous, guy start out and then the other guy's like yeah he's with the you know yeah it's i would have done i would have did it it'd be like having rick be like having rick flair go out there cut this big fucking promo and then been like what do you think Stu Hart? (laughs) this is what i think you know uh yeah (laughs) or um so yeah that's uh that's the triple threat promo and um we have the Extreme Encyclopedia next, which I did. I did think it was it was kind of funny, because you you have Cactus, of course, is Bangus Bangus, and I thought the mystery wrestler being Namus Unknown kind yeah, of funny. Yeah, that's good stuff. 
so we go into uh, Joey with the with Sandman and Woman at ringside, and as we discussed on last week's episode, um, Sandman is not cleared to wrestle because of a concussion. Therefore, Cactus Jack is going to be facing a mystery opponent. But I thought it was interesting that Woman brought up Cactus running his mouth about Kevin Sullivan, just because I don't know if Sullivan ever comes back Indies. I don't know either, but it's also it ties into when they first started feuding. So it gives you like a back thing of like, why are these two, why does woman have a problem with Cactus Jack? Well, the initial problem with her and him was that Cactus was talking shit about her. Man. And right. then the other problem she has is not only were you talking shit about my man, but you just concussioned my meal ticket. You know what I mean? Like sand, like that's the other cool thing I liked about Sandman and woman's um, um, connection was that a lot of times when you put like a, like a hot chick with like the guy that she's managing or whatever, it's usually mm-hmm. implied that they're that they're banging or whatever, right? But Sandman and Woman were never like a, oh yeah, we're having sex together thing. It was like this is a mutual business situation. You know I have I mean? a, I, yeah, I have a husband and he's a sick bastard, but this is my client here this in ECW. And Sandman was never like, oh, I want to get it with Woman. He was like, this is my manager. She's made stars like she managed Ric Flair. She managed Kevin Sullivan. She managed uh, Doom. It, you know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. there. It was kind of like it's a totally different thing, but it was kind of like the um, relationship between Sherry Martell and Harlem Heat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like Harlem Heat and Sherry's characters were never like, oh, they're hooking up. It was like right. this is this is a, a business, business relationship, relationship. business relationship. We're going to see here. But not if you read Meltzer. Here's Chad's back. Chad's back. Yeah. If you read, I I heard, I heard a good bit of that last conversation. You guys just couldn't get, you guys just couldn't see or hear me. Mm -hmm. But um, if you would, if you would have read Meltzer around that time, like Meltzer was just screaming the whole race angle with Sherry B with Harlem Heat, you know? And I'm like, they they didn't do one thing to even insinuate. No, nope, not, not even, one. Not one. Not one. They, it was, it was like, it was literally, you know, no, ex, excuse the expression, but literally they were like brother and sister. You know, they weren't, there was never any, anything alluded to the fact that there was anything romantic. Yeah. She was, not she was literally Sister Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> Meltzer's I mean, like, she, I, I can it, confirm that Sherry may or may not be the manager. Of, of course, he 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 has uh, he has that quote probably on automatic, like you know, on his computer where he can just hit that as an automatic thing. It may or may not. <laughs> yeah, that was it was weird because when I used to hear that, I used to think like Sherry never, she was never, and she was never um, linked to being with Sean. You know, right. It was never. It was always like it was. It was like you know she was like Sean's manager. She was a manager, but she was a valet. Same thing when she was with like DiBiase or anybody else. She was never linked to anybody like sexually. You know what I mean? It was like why all of a sudden you you pick her out? You know with Harlem Heat. Ironically, the only person she was it. ever. Ironically, the only person she was ever linked to sexually was Colonel Robert Parker. <laughs> That's a reason for that. <laughs> Jesus, that thing has a knee. I think um, I'd be linked to him too. What the hell, well, is Aaron? The, the, the mystery opponent for Cactus Jack. I think Aaron's with Colonel Robert Parker himself right now. <laughs> <laughs> taking the place of the Sandman is DC Drake. 
and he emerges from a box. Oh, come on. You got you, you to gotta, you gotta, you gotta give a better build-up than that. <laughs> it was just DC Drake. It just you got you got to remember that this show was built up as a big surprise, right? It was built up as a it was a big surprise, and he brought that big mm-hmm. ass laundry tote out, whatever for everybody. To hide. Who else is back there? <laughs> that's what I, that's what I want to know. Who else is in there with you fucking guys? You know, and okay, boom. Who comes out? Funk comes out first. No, Drake comes yeah, out. Funk came out first, right? No, Drake did. Drake emerged from the box Drake first. Came out first. Yeah, he gets out of the box, and I think that's where he was living. <laughs> Last eleven years or whatever the hell, whatever the hell. Like, but Joey made a comment about a comment about how long it's been since he's been there, and I'm like, it's probably been longer than that because DC Drake hadn't been there since the early, early. Um, yeah, like '92. He was um, there in like '92 when it was still TWA. '91. In '92, it wasn't anything yet. It, it was, it was, it was fall of '90, and then spring of one was about as long as Joel Goodhart lasted. And end of um of DC Drake, and who was who did he used to feud with? Then Jesus, I can't remember. He, he, he used to feud with probably, you know, what I mean, oh, he finally he's back. What the hell are you doing there. over there, Aaron Wyatt? Just turn my camera off for a second. <laughs> Told you, I don't like looking at you guys when I'm pooping. How many you got? <laughs> well, we don't want to know when you're pooping. <laughs> but DC Drake. T- well, we got DC well, Drake as the big return. Emerges from his here's home. The, here's the deal behind it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know who is the mastermind behind this, honestly. Like, who do you, show, who do you think is the person that pushed DC Drake to Paul? Todd Gordon, maybe? Like, I'm not even who, maybe Todd Gordon. Okay, yeah, that makes about sense, you know. Or DC maybe Drake woman. was there when when Tom woman managed woman managed him, right? Maybe woman did it. Wow, I I, I don't think so. Um, I think it's I think it's more of a Todd Gordon. I think because of because they knew Funk was going to be involved, right? So I guess yeah. it, it goes like this: if if um if the people were probably automatic or somebody like that or whatever, so they get a DC Drake. And then Joey tries to put it over, like DC Drake, you know, be a legend from back then, and from back, you know, years ago, or whatever. And then the crowd, they they think that that's the, the payoff, is Terry Funk. <laughs> like, I wonder if they talked on their way out, you know, why they're being, why they're tied in the laundry. But I, I, think I have it, no idea what's going on at this point. I think it was a, it was actually kind of a good idea because how they did it because it's like, Oh, there's going to be this big replacement. And then you think it's going to be this big deal. And then it's DC Drake and the crowd's just like, yeah, hi DC Drake. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of a letdown. And, and and you kind of, it's kind of like, well, it's a bait and switch on a bait and switch. You know what I mean? Like, like usually when don't say it, (laughs) well, no, I'm saying like, usually when somebody's going to get, don't say it, don't say it, Aaron. It's a hat on a hat. Yeah, kind of, but but it's also kind of smart because usually when somebody's when when you advertise something and somebody's and what you advertise isn't going to happen, the replacement's <laughs> supposed to be even better than what you advertised, and then they bring out DC Drake and his fucking hammer pants and his man tits, and they're just like, ugh, whatever, and then all of a sudden everybody's let down and they're like, oh, this is kind of a fucking wet fart. And then it's fucking Terry Funk and you lose your goddamn mind even more because 
Well, that's great. That's great booking because you're you're outworking the fans because the fans are all figure out who the mystery partner is, you know. And granted, nobody thought was nobody thought DC Drake, right? And you know they could have been thinking so. And then it, you get DC Drake, and what? Maybe a little less than half of the people was. So it got that kind of a pop, like you know. Yeah, that's actually the kind of know who is, but not thinking. the note that I have here what? is that it's like the the note that I have on the on the whole thing was that this is like the kind of like Aaron was alluding to that it's um you you take the people down to bring them back up at the end on purpose. Give yes. them you give them shit, and and if you know and you give them shit because they're they were expecting something else. Or, you know, they didn't know really what to expect. I'm sure there was mm-hmm. probably four or five different names being bounced around at that point. And you give them, you know, you, you give them shit and then you think like, okay, it got a respectable pop, you know? Right. And then the crowd, the crowd's fighting. They, they're, they're they're doing their thing. They're brawling and the crowd's like just kind of with it, with happens. And then all of a sudden they fall back into the thing and then Funk comes out of there. It, the people had already not lost their mind because it was that respectable kind of pop and they were, and all of a sudden out of nowhere when they pulled the thing off of Funk's head the crowd's already kind of like you know lack you know they're tuned to DC Drake you know what I mean like we got it you know it was it was what it was and then let's just go with it and then all of a sudden while they're just kind of like joking and smoking and going to get a beer all of a sudden they get and they come back out and there's Terry Funk there's Terry Funk you know and they're like shit we we kind of got God, right? Yeah, and this is um, kind of what it. That's kind of what it is. A God, and this is. Um, I we lost Aaron, um, but <laughs> the we're having all kind of connection issues. Theme of the tonight. show, <laughs> theme of the show, <laughs> connection issues. That'll be the name of the show. But gotta be the weather. I gotta I, be the I, weather. I think I think this is all so very. You know, the beat down on Cactus Jack by Terry Funk and Sandman. Um, a bunch of guys come out to try to to try to stop it, including Chad, who gets laid waste by Mr. Terry Funk, which I'm sure is an honor. Oh, it ain't the, it ain't the first. It wasn't the first time. <laughs> I, I was a I was a favorite. I was a favorite of um of Mr. Funk's when it came to like he needed people to beat up, like not beat up for a whole entire match, but just people that if, if you're going to get bodies to run down to the ring, like somehow I was always like I wasn't first all the time. But he'd look around, and I'd be like second or third. You know what I mean? <laughs> he'd be like, "And hey, give me Chad," you know, because he he knows I know damn well. I'm just running into the ring so he just beat me up. So mm-hmm. it's not like I'm gonna go into business for myself and start shopping him. <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm gonna do a run in with a table. <laughs> like I'm trying trying to do something. So no, he 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 usually more times than not he would try to include me. You know, I, I don't know if he thought he was doing me a favor. You know, did I'll you did you ever just to be associated with you know did, did you ever work a match with him? Well not 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 legally, not technically. <laughs> it was always <laughs> we were supposed to work. <laughs> and then something would happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I think we did something um uh, we did something on a spot show, but it still wasn't a match. It was I think it was Jim Thorpe, where okay. um it was some sort of an open challenge kind of thing. And I was like number two of like four, you know what I'm saying? Like right. whatever Funk was doing, whatever. It was like the first guy go out, then he goes out, and then now Chad, you run in, and then it was something like, um, he was defending the title against anybody, 
And you know, it's a great angle when you, when they when they give that angle on TV and you say, "Hey, it's an open. I'll defend against anybody." Most of the time, the person they have a match with is like the guy that comes out, you know. But when you're opening, you have open challenge for the title, and like eight guys come out, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm sitting in the back going, I want to crack at this, you know? <laughs> right. And there's a couple other guys, I want to crack at this too. But I want to be number six. I want to be number six. I, I want him worn <laughs> down before I go yeah. out there. Yeah. I got dubs on five. <laughs> and then you got to look at the guys in front of you and be like, no, no, what? I'll take six then. You, you go ahead. You go ahead. Because I know it ain't going to take him long for Herve Ernesto. Is he going to beat up Herve Ernesto, Ernesto Beneficio? <laughs> He's going to do it back out twice before I go back out. Well, yeah, that's how the gist of is, is, is that Funk knew. The gist of all yeah, this Funk knew is, how to um, pick them guys like that. Yeah. Um, the gist of all this, Sandman and Terry Funk are beating down um, Cactus Jack. Um, a little back and forth. You know, Cactus gets a little heat back on him a couple of times, but eventually winds up back on the mat. Uh, Tommy Dreamer comes out, Kane's the Sandman, and then you get the story of Terry Funk slapping Dreamer, who uh, Dreamer obviously was Terry Funk's protege. Um, with, so there's another story there. Uh, Terry Funk cuts a promo on Cactus in the ring, and then Shane Douglas comes out, and here's another story, because you have the history between Shane Douglas and Cactus training together with Dominic Danucci. And so there's a lot of great storytelling going on in like a five minute period. Yeah, you ain't kidding. It, it's like tying ends. It's putting the players, all the players, in the right spot or where they're supposed to be. They're it, the time frame issues are met. They're you know they're connecting the dots, which they mm -hmm. don't they don't do a whole lot. And I guess being because we had such a diminished you know kind of roster that are full time and stuff that Paul. Paul had time, the ability, you know, and the know-how to make all that stuff happen. He's like, now we now we can start like tying all these angles together because I'm just throwing shit against the wall here, right. you know. <laughs> and now we can just start making having it all make sense. Shane Douglas again comes in, gets kind of we get the idea that he's being tempted by woman to join with Sandman and uh, and Terry Funk to form this great union in ECW. And instead, Shane hits Sandman and Terry Funk with the title and um, saves Cactus Jack. So there you go. I mean, story told. Um, and, and, and also, it gives, it gives so much more depth to the character. You know, you're not just playing the... We're finally getting to the point in ECW where not, you're not just playing the cookie-cutter heel baby face. You have some shades of gray, which makes for so much more interest. Because that's life. Life. I mean, sure, you have your your real life heels, and you you have your real, but you also have your real life tweeners <laughs> that are that could go either way. I, I've been accused, like in my kind of situation, it, it's like being depends on what territory you're in. If I go over to certain people's houses that Jen that Jess is friends with, and I go over there, there's a certain things that I'll mm -hmm. say or. Because I will say shit. I'm not, I ain't just sitting there saying nothing. If I'm going to go over to some party or whatever, I ain't going over there to sit there. You know, I'm going to go. I'm going to do my mingling. You know, I'm going to. I'm going to spew my garbage <laughs> that, that I call jokes and stuff. You're, you're going to get it all. And there's some people that, that like it, and some people that don't like it. And and ECW at this point is starting to get. They're st they're starting to make sense. Stories are they're, they they have they have backstories to them. They have meaning to them. Um, you know the, the stories that mean something. 
you know, the Raven story. Now you're starting to get you start. You got a big chunk of the story tonight, right? Oh yeah. A, a good story came out tonight when Dreamer came out during the promo and started saying shit. But we still haven't got Beulah yet, so we still got we still got more and more of shoveling to do before we get before we break the surface there, you know. And then it's like, and then you forget how long this story went on. Yeah, went on forever. But which is good because you can tell shows whatever. People didn't lose interest, you know. Mm-hmm. And you spawn a lot of other stories off of they, Tommy they kept and, it, or Tommy and Raven. Yeah, that's that's Raven. Raven had to, you have to have them like it's like when if you're writing an outline and object and you do the one two three, and then you had the the buy subject A B C. You know, Raven Raven did all that shit. Like he, he that shit like you got to have. He must have knew probably you know when him and Tommy were going to have their eight months year down the road, however long it was, he must, he must've had a timeline of how long he was going to do this. So he just had to fill in the dots and all, all the dollars, just what can we do to have Tommy not get you, you know? Right. That's right. All, all it was, was what do we get that, that we can keep Tommy from getting his hands on you? Because everybody at this point, whether they like Tommy or me, because they want to see him beat you up because you do, do nothing but talk shit. Every time Dreamer gets his chance to, you you walk away. You know you get get right. out of it. One of your two crumbs might get beat up, but you you walk away unscathed. So it, it's a great story when you consider you're only you're only running you know once every three weeks, four weeks. So you can keep it going on TV with just baby steps, and that's 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 Eddie. Mm-hmm. That's that's shit that Paul learned in 1988. From Eddie, if you you know, because you're you're basically you look at ECW arena, you know how Memphis they're going to be at the Mid South Coliseum every Monday, you know. Well, Paul's like every three weeks we're going to be here, the same building, these same people are going to be here in three weeks, so we can't just say like that didn't happen. <laughs> you know, right. Very few times <laughs> they ever just said that, that didn't happen because you know. So yeah, so Paul had to connect the dots, and he did the best he could because you know a lot of times shit happens. Guys quit, you know, like Marginetti, shit like that. Got yeah. Tully, you know, Tully don't want to, Tully don't want to do the job, that kind of stuff. So then Paul's got to figure all that shit out, but he figures it out. Yep. And overall, um, I would say, and I apologize to our listeners for our connection issues tonight. It is what it is. We we still got a show out there. But Chad, it's going overall- to take you more than it. It's going to take you more than we did the show for you to edit out all this connection issues, right? Um, yeah, your hands are going to be full when you're trying to find Aaron. <laughs> and overall, probably, Aaron's probably asleep. Um, overall, um, I really enjoyed this edition of the show. And like I said, I thought that the main event with everything going on was effective television and really good stuff and a sign of things to it is i totally like the show i enjoyed the show myself and i'm not going to give it a, i'm not going to critique it like it was a, um uh like an AEW, all work related you know mm-hmm. spot matches you know and and of the like i'm not going to critique it like that at all i'm gonna i'm gonna critique it like it was a good wrestler that they gave you all the stories that you needed the backstories and it connected dots they got you a little more emotionally invested for show. That's what I got out of it. So, I mean, it, it was a good show for, for a whole different reason 
than you know you seeing i don't know benoit or you know somebody like that it was a it was a it was a much more cerebral physical show in my opinion yeah, i agree and good but yeah stuff. it was a solid show i mean solid solid c you know easy easy solid c you know you know it, it kept my interest for the whole and this actually went a little bit longer than most of them do this was yeah. uh, this was like 40 minutes or 41 minutes or something like that and i was shocked because i still had to go to work and i put it over for i went to work and i'm like oh shit i already called my uber and <laughs> this show is like eight nine minutes longer than the rest of them but <laughs> i ain't gonna have an uber wait outside for me that long but yeah it ended in time it was a solid show it was an easy watch too i'll tell you that man it was yes. an easy watch and if Aaron tell you the same thing <laughs> yeah, yes, if Aaron was here, he'd tell you the same thing. <laughs>